So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Jonah chapter 1. And these will be in my office if you want to read them, okay? Jonah chapter 1. Let's read it together. Jonah chapter 1. This is what it says. 1 through 16. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. They threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I'm a Hebrew And I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, What should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to Him. Let's pray today. God, thank You for this morning where we gather together to sing praises to You, the Maker of heaven and earth. Thank You for allowing us to meet around your table and for the opportunity to proclaim your death until you come. Thank you for the redemption that we find in Jesus Christ. Thank you for your word and how powerful it is and how alive and active. Help us to have ears to hear, hearts to obey. Help us to truly want to get to know you better and to serve you with our entire lives. I pray for those who cannot be with us today, whether it's illness, whether it's 
emotional stress or something like that, I pray that you would just give them comfort, give them healing, bring them back to us in the coming weeks. Please help us to reach out to those who are in need to share the love of Christ and to shine the light of Christ to those who really need it at this time. Thank you for the hope we have in Jesus. And it's in His wonderful name we pray. Amen. As you heard earlier, the story of Jonah is what? No fairy tale. The Bible, we believe it's God's Word, is true. Do you agree with that? Do you believe that? God's Word is truth. Because we hold God's truth, or God's Word as truth, and has authority, and it's power, and it's alive, it's powerful. Do you agree with that? It's powerful. It impacts lives. It changes lives. And we let the Word of God speak for itself. We read it. We study it. We look at where Jonah is mentioned in other places. Did you know Jonah is mentioned in other places in the Bible? Did you know that? Second Kings chapter 14, verse 25. Look at what it says. Second Kings 14, 25. This is in the reign of Jeroboam, the second. And in 2 Kings 14.25, it says this, He was the one who restored the boundaries of Israel from Labo Hamath to the Dead Sea, in accordance with the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, spoken through his servant, Jonah, son of Amittai, the prophet from Gath, Hefer. Jonah, in accordance with the word of the Lord through Jonah, Jeroboam II, restored the boundaries of Israel. Jonah, son of Amittai. And then you get to, so is Jonah made up? No. And then you get to Matthew chapter twenty or 12 and 16. Who do you think is going to speak about Jonah in Matthew? Chapter 12, verse 39 to 41. This is Jesus talking to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees ask Him for a sign. And Jesus answered them, A wicked and adulterous generation ask for a sign. But none will be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And now something greater than Jonah is here. So, did Jesus think Jonah existed? Yes. He's giving this as an example, just like Jonah. And later on in 16 verse 4, it says, A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given except the sign of Jonah. If Jesus believed Jonah existed, I'm going to believe Jonah existed. I know Jesus is God. so. But if Jesus said it, I think we can believe it, right? 
And he was mentioned in 2 Kings. He rest- he, at the word of the Lord, Jeroboam II restored the boundaries of Israel. And Jonah was the prophet to say that to him, that the word of the Lord came to him. And last week, if you remember, Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, we're talking about Jonah, son of Amittai. And if you remember last week, what does Jonah mean? Dove. And what does Amittai mean? Anybody remember? My truth or true? So, remember I said dove of truth or true dove is how we can say Jonah. That's the name of Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the dove of truth. And we learned last week that he spoke truth, right, about God in heaven. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. I just thought this was a cool word in Greek, so I'm going to bring it to you. The word came in Greek means haya. Do you ever do that? Haya! And it's like, there, right? Right? I do it with my kids sometimes. I'm like, haya! It's just like it came to Jonah. Just, I just thought that was a cool word, so I just wanted to bring it to you. Everybody go, haya! You learned a Greek word today, came. Okay? At the beginning, we have two main characters, and you see that right away. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. So the two main characters in this story are who? The Lord and Jonah. It's a story about Jonah. Getting a word from the Lord. He's a prophet and he's going to get a word. And what does verse 2, he receives this word and ah, go to the great city of Nineveh. Jonah receives this word, go to Nineveh and preach against it. Because its wickedness has come up before the Lord. So the wickedness of this city, Nineveh, has come up to the Lord just Picture that in your mind. It's coming up to the Lord and he's like, ah, it's wicked. And then he gives a word to Jonah. He says, go to Jonah. And this Nineveh, go to Nineveh. This city is a pagan Gentile city. Okay, it's, it's not an Israelite city. It's a Gentile city. One writer said he's the, foreign, the first foreign prophet to go. But then you get verse 3. So what's the command? What's the word of the Lord? It says, the first word is what? Go to Nineveh. Go to Nineveh. Remember Nineveh. Verse 3, what is my favorite word in the Bible? The three-letter word? That's my favorite word in the Bible, I think. Every time I read it, I'm like, man, that's there for a reason. And it's good reason. It says, it's not, not in this case, but, but Jonah... So, go to Nineveh, Jonah. But Jonah did what? Ran away from the Lord. Headed for Tarshish. Found a ship, right? He went down to Joppa, found a ship. And then what did he do? Paid the fare. So, he must have had money. He paid the fare to get to this, on this boat to go to Tarshish. And he got aboard and he sailed for Tarshish. He's doing this to what? What's at the very end? To flee from the Lord to flee from the Lord so God says to him go to the great city of Nineveh I need you to go there to preach against it and Jonah says nope I'm going to Tarshish I'm going to find a boat I went down to Joppa that's the port city I'm 
getting on this boat. I paid my fare. That's a good thing to do. You've got to pay your fare to get on the boat. So he's doing good th- the right things, but he's doing the wrong things that the, God's telling him to do. He gets on the boat then to flee from Tarshish. Now, if you have ever read Psalm 139, verses 7 through 10, can you escape God's presence? No. Look what it says in Psalm. I wonder if Jonah ever read this. <laughs> it says this. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Do you think Jonah, if he ever read this, he probably forgot about it. And he's trying to flee from the Lord. I don't know about you, but I don't think I've ever tried this, to flee from the Lord. Maybe I have, and I just didn't realize it. But you're trying to get away from God. Jonah is doing this. And then you get the, next, the main, another main character, right? The Lord. Then the Lord. Everybody say that. So you have, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, go to Nineveh. Then you have, but Jonah ran away, right? And now you have, then God. Then the Lord sent a great wind and such a violent storm rose and where did this storm arise on the sea where jonah is right he's got on a boat heading to tarshish and god said i'm going to send this great wind and a violent storm arose on the sea who's in control jonah who's in control the lord is in control And you'll see this throughout the whole story of Jonah. The Lord is in control. So then the Lord, he sent this great wind. And I just thought this was cool for your information. The ship threatened to break up. The actual, in the the Hebrew language, the ship is actually doing the thinking. Just thought that was pretty cool. I didn't know, I mean, one writer was like, I didn't know ships could think. But in the Hebrew language, the ship is kind of, I'm going to break up. This is not right. Okay, I just thought that was cool too. Verse 5, new characters come on the scene, correct? The sailors. All the sailors were afraid. Okay, all the sailors were afraid. Now if you're a sailor, what are you a master at or an expert at? Sailing a ship. You know the seas. You know when storms are going to come. You know what is going to happen. You know how to prepare for the storms. They probably were prepared, but not this kind of storm. They were afraid. The Lord sent this, and the sailors were afraid. They cried out to their own gods, each one to his own gods. Remember that. They each had their own gods somehow. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. So these sailors, this storm arises, and the sailors are like, probably, we've never seen anything like this to each other. What is going on? So they called out to their own gods. They probably were screaming and shouting like, whoever, just listen to us. Calm this sea down. They were throwing everything overboard. And if you're a sailor and you have cargo, is cargo valuable? Yes, they're throwing everything they had to lighten this ship. They're getting rid of what they own. Then you get Jonah again. What does it say? 
But Jonah, but Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. So he got on this boat. He paid his fare, right? He got on the boat heading to Tarshish and he goes below deck. And you know me, I got to look it up. Below deck, in one Hebrew lexicon, it says this. In the interior area, the parts farthest in, the extremities inmost recesses of a ship. So he went to the farthest part into the ship. Harold Shank mentions this in his commentary, and I thought this makes sense from the text. Look what it says. Harold Shank mentions, this is the most inaccessible part of a vessel and only discovered after the cargo was removed. Okay, where did Jonah go? To the inmost part of the ship. And if Harold Shank, he mentions, it's the inmost part, the most inaccessible part of the vessel. Only the cargo has to be removed to find this place. And what did the sailors just do? They threw all the what? Okay. And then the captain went to him. What was Jonah trying to do? Hide. And what did they just do? They threw all the cargo. And who did they find? Jonah. Okay. He tries to, who's he trying to flee from? God. And he's trying to hide from these sailors probably. He doesn't want anybody to know he's on the ship, which he paid the fare so they knew he was on the ship, but they probably forgot about him until they threw all the cargo out. And then the captain comes to him. How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he'll take notice of us that we will not perish. So they find Jonah and the captain's like, hey, We've tried everything. We've called to our gods. They're not doing anything for us. Maybe you can call out to your God and He'll take notice of us. Okay? Take notice, again, is in Hebrew, it's God will give a thought to us or to think about us. So this captain is like, maybe your God's going to think about us. Maybe He's going to give us a thought. Maybe He's going to be up wherever He's at, your God, and maybe He's going to be like, man, those sailors are having trouble. Maybe I'll take notice of them. Maybe I'll think of them so they're not going to perish. Then the sailors said to each other, so now they turn from Jonah and turn to each other, and they say, let us cast lots. Now, a modern day, one writer said, a modern day casting lots is flipping a coin. You ever flip a coin? In some instances, we do. Heads or tails, Jody, we, you win. If you, if you call it right, you win it. Or I win, right? And then you let the person call it, they call it. But this is like, they just casted lots, whether it's drawing straws or um, a marked dice that wh- whoever it lands in front of, they're going to be the one that's causing the problem. So they casted lots, and the lot fell on the captain of the ship. It fell on who? Jonah. This runaway prophet, this whoever is trying to get away from God. So the sailors then, okay, it falls on Jonah, and the sailors start asking him questions. They want to know what Jonah is doing, who he is. So they ask a bunch of questions, right? 
And then Jonah answers, I'm a Hebrew, I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. That's going to catch the sailors' ears, right? I worship the Lord who made the sea and the dry land. What are they on? The violent sea and these sailors. Look at the sailors again. They do what? This terrified them. That would terrify me too. Your God made this sea? And it's violent? Like, look at it. The ship's being threatened to break up. Okay? So this terrified them, and they asked Jonah. Now, I don't think this is like, what have you done? I think this is like, what have you done? <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, it, the lot fell on you, so obviously you're the problem. What, what have you done? Okay? And then, I like this parenthesis because it gives us a picture. They knew he was running away from the Lord because he already told them so. Uh, I, I forget which comic it is, whether it's the one I bought one copy of or the one you have, uh, Colden and Blake. But in one of those comics, they have Jonah getting on the ship and the captain asks, what are you uh, escaping from? And he gives, he gives two options, like taxes or your wife. That's what the writer put in there. And then Jonah's like, nope, I'm running from God. And then he gets on the boat. I said... Now, that could have happened. They knew he was running away from the Lord. And then verse 11, what happens? The sea just gets rougher and rougher. What should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? So they know Jonah's the problem because the lot fell on him. What have you done, Jonah? They knew he was running from the Lord. It's getting rougher and rougher. And they asked Jonah, uh, what do we got to do? to you to make the sea calm down. And what does Jonah say? Pick me up, throw me into the sea, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Now, you know, Jonah wanted to hide, right? He's in the inmost part of the ship. All the cargo's gone now. The captain finds him. Says, get up, call on your God. Maybe he'll take notice of us. And a lot fell on Jonah. Now it's Jonah's, Now they know it's Jonah's fault. And what do we got to do to you, Jonah? So they say, Jonah says, just throw me overboard. And the men picked him up and do it, did it right away. I wish they would have done that because it would have just been a nice, uh, I think a better transition story. But these sailors have, compa- I think they have, they don't want to kill Jonah. Okay? Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they couldn't. Have you ever been in, on a rough sea and you tried to row back to land and you just didn't get any closer to the land? I've done that before. I, I was kayaking in the Philippine resort and it was too windy. They let me out on a kayak for some reason and I went off the resort. I'm like, no, okay. And I tried my hardest to get back to land. So I, they rescued me. But I couldn't go anywhere to the land. This is what I, I pictured because they're just not getting any closer to land And then they cried out to the Lord. Please, Lord, don't let us die for taking this man's life. Don't hold this accountable. Jonah told us to pick him up and throw him overboard. We tried our best to get back to land, but Lord, please don't hold this against us. Okay? This is the sailors. 
They picked him up, okay? Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard. And the raging sea grew calm. After all that hard work to row back to land, they couldn't. And they finally said, Lord, don't hold this against us. We're going to pick up this Jonah, this prophet. He said he's running from you. We're going to pick him up and throw him in the sea. Don't hold this against us. And after Jonah was thrown overboard, the raging sea grew calm. What a picture that would be. As soon as, I think as soon as Jonah hit the water, it just was like, and the sailors are like, at this, look at verse 16. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to Him. They greatly feared the Lord and made sacrifices and vows to God. To me, the sailors went through quite a journey. And I think a journey of faith. Because look at this. The sailors feared the storm. The storm arises and what do they say in verse 5? All the sailors were afraid. So the sailors went from being afraid of the storm Then the sailors feared being punished for killing Jonah. They said, we don't want to kill this man. And now the sailors fear the Lord. And they're making sacrifices and making vows. And look at this. Each prayed to their own God. Now all offer a sacrifice and make vows to the one true God, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. They went from calling on their own gods to calling on who? The one true God. Isn't that quite a journey of faith? These sailors who Jonah kind of puts them in the story because he's trying to flee from God. He gets on their boat and the storm arises and they're like calling out to their God, call, help us see God or whoever they're worshiping, right? Calm this sea, and then Jonah gets, it's my fault, throw me overboard. They do, and the sea is calm, and what do they do? They're like, God is in heaven. He made heaven, he made the dry land and the sea. He's the one in control. We're going to fear him. What a story to start Jonah. Right away, Jonah says, I'm going to get away from God. I'm going to hide in the boat behind all the cargo. And then he's like, one by one, the cargo's getting thrown in. He's like, oh, my hiding spot is getting... And then he gets thrown overboard. And at the end, we see the sailors, in chapter 1 at least, have the greatest faith in the Lord. So what can we take away from this story today? Number one, you probably heard, you're going to hear this a lot. Where are we to go? Where are we called to go? Who are we called to go to? Number one, or what is the attitude when God calls us to go? So takeaway number one is what? We've probably heard this many times this year. Go. What's going on here? I'm not doing it. Okay, man. 
technology or just a person doing the technology no so number one is what go we have to go whether it's to our neighbors whether it's to our coworkers, whether it's to our family members we have to go with the right attitude remember jonah's like i don't want to go to that city i'm going to get away from you we have to go who needs to hear what kind of work do we do? Number two, teach and preach against sin and teach and preach the truth. Jonah was called to go to Nineveh to preach against what? Sin, wickedness. And he didn't want to do it. Do we sometimes shy away from going to preach against sin? To be honest, I do it sometimes. I don't, I don't want to go to that person to speak against it. We do it. If you're honest with yourselves, you probably do it too. When we're called to go, we're called to also preach against sin and teach against sin and also teach and preach the what? The truth. I hope I am up here every Sunday and doing that, preaching truth. If I'm not, come to me and say, Keith, you didn't preach truth today. What's wrong with you? And slap me, okay? But Jonah is trying to run away. Charles Spurgeon said this, The devil alone is making noise enough to wake all the Jonas if they only want to awake. All around us there is tumult and storm, yet some professing Christians are able, like Jonah, to go to sleep in the sides of the ship. There are some professing Christians that need to go and teach and preach against sin and preach the truth, and they're like, I'm going to go hide. I'm not going to do that. But let's not be, if we're professing to be a Christ follower, let's not be like Jonah and go hide in a ship, in the sides of a ship. So, number three, questions for you. What do we do when calamity comes upon us? Is it because of us that this is happening? I forgot to put happening, I think. Oh, there it is. Number three, admit when we have failed. Admit when we have failed. Jonah said, it's my fault. Throw me overboard and the sea is going to become calm. It's me. I know it's me. I know the lot fell on me, but it's me. It is my fault. Admit when we have failed. This is probably one of the hardest things to do. Is that not correct? When you fail, you don't want to admit it. I don't like to admit failure. But there's sometimes you have to say, I messed up. It's my fault that this is happening to us. Whether it's you know, financial crisis or um, emotional stress in the home or whatever it may be, and you're the cause of it, sometimes we have to just step up and say, it's my fault. It's my fault that this is happening. And Jonah does that. Number four, why is this happening? What should we do? Number four, call out and trust the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. What did the sailors do? They called out and trusted the Lord. Did they not? And that's what we need to do.
knew that was going to happen. Can you turn this one on? I knew that was going to happen, I think, because I was like, the battery's low. I should have changed it. <laughs> Call out and trust the Lord. If you know, Look at Proverbs real quick, and then we're going to go to an invitation. Proverbs, you may know these by heart. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. If you know it, you can quote it with me at your seat. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. Trust in the Lord. If you go to Proverbs chapter 19, verse 23, it says this, The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. The fear of the Lord leads to life. And then 21 verse 30 says this, There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. Jonah tried to run away from God. But who's in control? The Lord. Call out and trust the Lord who is in control. The one who made the sea and the dry land. Sacrifice. Invitation for today. Number one, what should we do to you, Jonah, to make the sea calm down for us? What did they have to do? They had to throw him overboard to what? They thought what? To kill him. Jonah's going to die in this sea. We're going to find out that he didn't die. But the sacrifice of Jonah is going to make the sea calm. And then Jesus said this, we read it earlier. Now something greater than Jonah is here. Who's the greater than Jonah? Jesus. He's like, I'm the one who's greater than Jonah to the Pharisees and teachers of the law who was there in the conversation. I'm here. And then you get to the book of Acts, and what does Peter preach? And then people ask him, what shall we do? Peter preaches about who? Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And they ask, hey, what should we do? The people that were listening. And what did they have to do? Repent and be baptized. You know, Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. God sent His Son. You see the picture up here. Amazing love. God sent His Son into the world to what? Die for the sins of the world. Whoever believes on Him will never perish. Remember the sailors? Maybe your God will take notice of us that we will not perish. And what did the God, the maker of heaven, the sea and the dry land, did He take notice of the sailors? Yes. Did the sailors perish? No. If we believe in Jesus the Messiah of all creation, the only person that can save us from sin. We repent of our sins. We believe, we confess Jesus is the only way. And then we're baptized into Christ in that water. And we're raised to a new life. The Holy Spirit is now in us. And we live a life like the sailors, fearing God. Fearing God, trusting God who is in control.
every day. Is it easy? Not by a long shot. It's hard. It's difficult. But what do we have? Each other. The book of Hebrews said, let us encourage each other until the day comes. What's that day when Jesus comes back? Has he come back yet? So let's keep encouraging each other to continue to fear God, to trust God, to call out to Him when we're in trouble, to admit we're failing if we're failed, to go out and preach and teach the gospel message. If you need to make any decisions today, whether it's finally going like, I need Jesus. I went through old books again and I found the Bible I got on my baptism Sunday. It just, remember your baptism. It keeps you going. I'm saved by Jesus. I'm have each, I have my family with me now, encouraging me along this path of life or that leads to life. And we serve a great God. Do we not? Jonah's going to learn a few lessons in the book of Jonah. The next coming weeks, you're going to get the whole story of Jonah. Let's trust God, because He's in control. Pray with me today. God, thank You so much for the story of Jonah. It's not a fairy tale. Jonah learns hard lessons throughout the book. But one lesson here in chapter 1, the sailors called out to You, the true God, and feared You and trusted You. Help us today to know and be confident and trust that You're in control. Help us to go and preach truth and preach against sin. And even when it's hard, help us to know that we might need to admit when we failed. Thank you so much for each of each of the people that have heard this message, including myself. Help us to just be the people you want us to be in this community, to our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers. You're in control, God. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. I invite you all to stand as we sing our song of invitation.